Welcome to the Brownstein Hyatt Farber Shrek podcast series. Brownstein Policy Directors Lori Haru, Drew Lippman, and Brian McGuire join Strategic Advisor Mark Begich to discuss the biggest points of contention with the tax reform bill now that it is successfully off the Senate floor and going to conference, what Democrats will do now that it is passed, and the individual mandate's potential impact on the perception of tax reform leading up to the 2018 elections. Welcome to another Brownstein podcast. This one's on, again, taxes, tax update, and maybe tax finalization. Uh, who knows at this point? So first, Drew Littman, policy director, previously served as Senator Al Franken's chief of staff, where he led a staff of more than 30 and spearheaded all legislative policy and press initiatives. Before that, he served in the office of Senator Barbara Boxer, four of those years as a policy director. Immediately before joining Brownstein this year, Drew served as senior counselor to health and human services secretary, Sylvia Matthews Burrell. Uh, also joined Brian McGuire, policy director, was most recently Senator Mitch McConnell's chief of staff, where he advised on strategic communications, politics, and policy. Before that, he served for eight years in a variety of senior communication roles in Senator McConnell's Senate leadership office. Outside of McConnell's office, Brian consulted for the NRSC during Senator Jeff Flake's 2012 election and as a speechwriter for the Secretary of the Department of Housing and Urban Development under Bush. His writing has appeared in publications including the Wall Street Journal, the Washington Post, Time, USA Today, and Politico. We're also joined uh, by Lori Haru, Policy Director, previously served as Chief of Staff and Senior Advisor to Congressman Kevin Brady, Chairman of the House Ways and Means Committee. While working as a political appointee for President George Bush, Lori was the head of all Congressional Intergovernment Affairs for the International Trade Administration and U.S. Department of Commerce. There, she provided strategic counsel to senior officials within the Bush administration and with primary liaison to all House and Senate members and staff on the passage of trade agreements, enforcement of international trade laws, and promoting American exports, intellectual property rights, protection, and market access and compliance. And we are excited to actually think we are at the end of the road. Let me start with Lori, because your boss, your former boss, this is like his dream, right? Absolutely. it's, It's like, I think he does not sleep. Brady does not sleep at night wondering, you know, am I going to get this? Now he's like wide awake and thinking I can get this done. We're on the 10 yard line. Not even that. We're probably on the one yard line, really, when you think about it. So easy question. We're going to get something at the end of the year, right? Correct. Will it be what it is, what people say it's going to be? Will people feel it? Will the public say after the first year, is it just going to be kind of a Washington excitement or will the average voter out there come Christmas time say, geez, I'm glad they got that done? Or is it a, is it a delayed uh, gratification? Unfortunately, I think it'll be a delayed gratification. <laughs> gratification. <laughs> yes. Um, most people won't realize what's how it really affects them until they do their taxes for 2018. But there will be jubilation definitely um, on the Hill, on the Republican side, that right. they got this done. I mean, this is a big deal. It's a huge deal. And when they say a once-in-a-generation opportunity, they're they're not exaggerating it. Right. This truly right. is a once-in-a-generation opportunity. And it is something they've been working toward for many, many years. And, um, you know, contrary to a lot of people, based on press reports earlier this year, made it seem like all of a sudden they decided to do tax reform. The truth of the matter is they've been working on it for about eight years. Right. So a lot of this has a lot of thought um, built into it, whether you agree with it or not, but what the ultimate product is. But... Um, 
Yes. I'm, lots of times people tell me this little anecdote. Lots of times people say, I feel so sorry for Chairman Brady because, you know, he's he must be so tired. He must be, you know, he's running all over. He's, he's working on adrenaline. Oh, he's working on adrenaline. <laughs> but and he's all over the news. He's, you know, working on the messaging. Um and I always just say, don't feel sorry for him. This is exactly what he wanted what to he do. Wanted. This is exactly what he signed up to do. And this will be a crowning achievement um, when they pass it. Brian, I know you think about, you know, you, again, your former position uh, working in the leader's office the, uh, on the Senate side. And then you you have now conferees being selected. People are going to have a, you know, a semi-real conference. And so what are the big differences that are going to drive? I mean, they, they, their drive is to get it done. And I think everyone's on that same page. But there are some differences. There's difference in how many brackets. There's some other items in there. What, what do you think are going to be, if any, the hangups, the things that really cause some grind among the majorities on the House and Senate? I actually don't think it's going to be a... Um a terribly difficult exercise. There are some differences in the number of brackets they're going to have to iron out, as you point out. The individual mandate repeal was not in the House bill. It the is House in the House will like that, right? The, House, like the House will like that, so they're going to you know, easily, happily accept that. There's some disagreement between the treatment of um, state and local income taxes, I think, that's still, or, yep. did the, or did the Senate adopt everything that the House... No, it's sort a of a, it's, 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 it's still a difference, but they, you know, I think understood what the House would have accepted and included it into the Senate bill. So, you know, some of this work has already been done. Um, and, you know, I, I don't know, Lori, if you think there are any real neuralgic issues here. Are there still, any that kind of just really are burning or is it just kind of little tweaks and be done? Well, they also have to um, reconcile the differences between the mortgage interest deduction. Because oh, remember right, the house 10, or five hundred thousand one million. Yes, the house capped it at um, five hundred thousand, and the Senate basically left it unchanged. Except, I think they eliminated the equity. Um, you know, I have to add one thing here. It's a very confusing to some people. I saw a news report in D.C., not a national news, but a local news, reported as five hundred thousand dollars in deduction. And I thought, oh my! They, they don't. They do not understand. It's a valuation of a house. And then, the, then they said, and and this, the other version was a million dollars in deduction. I'm going, okay. And we don't have an annual million dollar tax deduction. We have that. We're all happy people. One but, other issue that doesn't matter much to individuals, but does to a lot of corporate interests, is the treatment of interest deduction. The House and Senate have treated that a little bit differently in their bills, mm-hmm. and. Um, you know, that's something they're going to have to work out. Well, and something that bubbled up um, with the, on the final day of the Senate passing their bill, which is a huge concern to the corporate community, is the fact that in the House bill, they repealed individual and corporate AMT. Right. But in the Senate bill, they did not repeal they, the corporate they AMT. Money. Yes, they right. needed the money. And so now... You know this. This is a this is a big deal for for businesses that have done all the economic modeling based on all the information they've had before. Right. And so it kind of throws everything off, and they're going to have to. That's a big decision that's going to have to be made. So, so Drew, here's uh, a bill that's nothing's 100 percent in Washington because you never know. But I'd say 99.99999 percent it's going to pass. It's going to be signed by the president. Democrats is kind of have minimal influence at this time, it seems, uh, because it seems like there's this jaggernaut kind of happening. So how do Democrats play this? I mean, I've heard some of the arguments that it's the old, here we go again, trickle down, who's going to get the benefits? Um, 
are Democrats, what's their score, if any? Because if they're against tax, tax reduction, that could be politically a problem. But what's the score? How do they manage this, I guess? Knowing that it's not a popular... If you say Trump tax relief, it's not popular. Right. If you say tax relief, it's kind of the... It's like the Obamacare versus health care, right? right? It's the right, same. Right. It's almost like a replica of that day. Right. Well, they're certainly going to hang Trump's name on it yeah. uh, all the time. It it doesn't... No offense to the chairman, but, but calling it the <laughs> Brady tax cut just doesn't politically uh, motivate people. Democrats um, can ensure it's called the Trump tax cut. Uh, is what Trump's you're saying. name is going to be mentioned every time. Yeah. I think um, it provides a lot of targets for Democrats um, because if you look at the um, how the cuts are structured in the out years, um, most of the individual tax cuts expire uh, because of the budget rules. Um, um, but the corporate tax cuts, of course, don't. So, so that sets something up rhetorically, even if you, uh, Mr. Mulvaney was on TV talking about how, but we'll continue, you know, if the system is working, we'll continue beyond the 10-year window, the individual tax cuts. But in the meantime, Democrats could have plenty to say about this. I think that, um, you know, we all think red state, blue state to a large degree, but if you're looking in terms of control of the House, there really aren't red states and blue states because each blue state has its red rural areas. Right. Each red state has its college town or state capital or metro. Um, in uh, Democrats need 24 seats to flip net to take control of the House in the 2018 elections. If you look at just California, New Jersey, and New York, three high state income tax states, mm -hmm. there are 17 Republican-held seats that Republicans won with 60% or less, okay? Those are largely high-income, uh, high-education congressional districts, the kind of districts Democrats would naturally seek to flip. Not, they're not all like that, but many of them right. are like that. So in these blue states, Republicans still hold a heck of a lot of seats, but these seats now, in Democrats' eyes, are flippable. I just want to say that I think in response to what Drew said about the criticism of the individual tax uh, cuts expiring, I think you forfeit your right as a Democrat to criticize Republicans for structuring it that way if you yourself never voted for the tax cut. Well, we're never forfeiting our right to criticize. <laughs> but, but, but I understand. <laughs> That's not the American way. <laughs> but I, I take your point, Brian. But, but I'll give you an example. I was in an office yesterday as a business person, and, and uh, this person, you know, I don't know if you do this, but when I come home and I've changed my pocket, I put it in a jar or put it upside. So this person has a little cup and has, like, coins. And, and the person leaned over to me, and they said, here's what I think of the tax reform bill. They, they moved the coins in front of them. They said they pushed off some and said, look what I get. I said, oh, that's good. And they said, no, but in about four or five years, he then picked up all the coins and put them back and said, but you don't get them forever. You only get those tax cuts for a short time. What is the thinking, I guess, and I'll turn to Ryan or, or Lori to answer this. The corporates are permanent. At least that's the target right now in the Senate version, not the House version, because the House has both permanent, if I remember right. Do you think they'll come to the compromise to say make them both permanent versus what the Senate did? Because the Senate had a mix. They had permanent on corporate, but not on individual. It goes for so far, and then it's like, oops, sorry. And then people will make comments that in six years or eight years, whatever it is, they'll continue. And well, those people will not be there. I mean, based on the rotation within the Trump administration, uh, the odds are we'll have 17 generations of people at that point gone through the administration. So how does the American 
individual feel confident? And do you think the conference committee will actually say, let's just make it both permanent? What's the thought there, either one? I think that while Democrats will argue that um, Republicans did it in this way because they favor corporations, this is a very simple political calculation based on the assumption, the right assumption, I think, that when the time comes for these um, cuts to expire, it will be much harder to defend raising taxes on individuals if you're a Democrat than it would to Correct. argue that you're going to raise uh, taxes on corporations. So Republicans had a limited amount of money to work with. They they made the calculation that politically it'll be harder to raise taxes on individuals when these expire. And so their, ex- their expectation, I think it's a safe expectation, is that all of these tax cuts will continue, um, particularly since the ones that expire are on individuals and nobody's going to want to raise those. But I think most people would say this. And that goes to your data point earlier, Drew, in, in, in one of the earlier podcasts, and that is most people don't realize they get they think still taxes are high. And, and the reason that is, and I really believe this, it's not because of just the federal end. It's because the local and state taxes, all they just see a bill. You pay it all on the same day, right? Basically. And they get kind of depressed at that moment, and they just think all government's bad. And, d- d- I mean, if I was, you know, writing a line for a Democrat, I'd say, Yeah, Republicans will tell you that, don't worry, these will be extended. Just look at your last year taxes. Have they gone down? And most people will say no. And and it doesn't matter if they have. The perception is is very clear about that. People don't think their taxes are being cut even after their taxes are cut. Can I make just uh, two other political points about the bill? The implications for individuals go way beyond the tax cuts that individuals will get. If you're repealing the individual mandate, that means a rise in insurance rates for a lot of people because you're taking a lot of those healthy insurance customers who who are only buying insurance because they're forced to. They'd rather not pay a tax. You're taking them out of the markets, which means insurers are getting proportionately a sicker population, which means rates go up. Congressional Budget Office, every, every forecaster agrees with that. But also beyond that, the cuts that you're making, government revenues, point us toward offsetting cuts eventually in Medicare, Medicaid, and or Social Security. And, and I think that's a feature, not a bug, because there have been people who have wanted to cut those programs for a long time. That's something that voters are not thinking about at all in the context of this bill, but we'll have to reckon with eventually, I believe. Well... I'm not normally the political person here, although I am a I am team Republican. Um, but I would also say there's also the flip side of that is there is a very fundamental basic reason, though, that a lot of Americans, it, it's just we feel we should make the choice as to whether or not we have health care, whether it should not be the government saying mm-hmm. you must have it's this. It's the personal responsibility issue. Yes. Right. And, and I think that, you know, in some, in many cases, that doesn't even matter whether they're, you know, they won't like their taxes going up or whatever, but it's, um, I think there's something at the core of us that, that really, really, it has a visceral reaction to that. Here's, if you laid out the parameters. Tax bill passes, signed into law, 2018 occurs. You fill out your taxes in 2019. So that's when you really see the benefit, because no one proactively goes back to their employer and says, please redo my W-4 because I got a tax break and I want to change my exemption. That just doesn't happen. But here's what will happen for sure. Mandate 
uh, gets taken away. Let's assume Drew's correct on this analysis that rates will go up because of this change in the dynamics of the, the pool, the insurance pool. Well, that will come in October of 2018. That rate adjustment will come 2018 without question, because the insurance companies will not give any political opportunity. They are about making money and breaking even at minimum if they're a nonprofit. So they will have to set their rates come March and April of next year, submit them in June to the insurance commissioners. By August, they'll have to be submitted out. And by October, boom. So they'll put in, I'm assuming, a calculation of what that lack of mandate will do to their formula in some form or another. Some will have minor increases. Some will have significant. Is that a danger to the Republicans in this tax bill? And that is the first thing that's going to be felt. Because corporate tax relief won't happen for another, depending if the Senate version happens. You know, that's another year and a half off, two years. Well, I don't mean to take this off in a different direction because I understand your question, but I'm also curious. You know, the fact is 47% of all Americans do not pay taxes. Income. They pay Medicare and Social Security. So they believe, just so you know, if you do polling, they'll tell you we do pay taxes. No, no, I understand that. (laughs) It's like Um, payroll taxes are taxes. Right. But the thing is, is that has anyone seen, and I don't know this, I'm literally asking this, has anyone seen the research of those 47%, how many of them actually will be negatively Voters. affected by the the ACA. Th- that is the population that principally will be negatively affected. Now, whether they will trace that to the tax bill when you've made a decision right. not to buy insurance because your premium went up, then you get sick and you don't have insurance, do you trace it back to this tax reform Very bill? complicated. That politically, who the heck knows? I'm not pretending I know the answer yeah. to that. I think that's much but, harder. But that is the population that is most affected. Um, I think CBO estimates that 13 million people will not maybe lose health insurance isn't the right term. There will be 13 million fewer people insured because of repeal of the individual mandate. So it's a lot of people who will be affected. But again, I, it's not at all clear to me whether they blame anybody or know who to blame or know how it started or think it's wrong. I right. just don't know. Well, and, and something else I think that gets lost in all of this and all of our, we get kind of wrapped around the axle about all the little political yeah. issues and stuff, is if what Chairman Brady says actually becomes true, which is that over 90% of all Americans will be able to file their their tax returns on a postcard-like form, that's a big difference. And that it would be huge for Americans who dread tax time, hate the IRS, and um, that would be an eye-opening experience for that, them. That's true. I think I'd love to be able to file my taxes. Well, I don't think you would be <laughs> no, able no, no. to do I, that. I don't actually have a lot to itemize, but, but, but I think um, that's less salient now with the advent of TurboTax and, and software that makes it easier for people. When people had to fill it out all by hand, I think they were more likely to dream of um, the postcard. With TurboTax, if you're just you know, filling in the boxes, it's a little bit easier. But the visual. Yes. The visual is great for Republicans. You bet. And the Republicans, if they do, you know, in a lot of ways, depending on what the IRS does in implementation of this, because literally right now they're already implementing 18 information now. They're, They're doing that. That's their process. So that is a high value public relations component. The question is, can the system, meaning the administration, be able because it won't be left to the legislative body. The legislative body is doing their part now, but then the administration has to actually do this. That's what oversight is all about. Right, right, exactly. And um, But the other thing is, um, 
and and I can tell this is an anecdote from working in, in, with Chairman Brady, whether he was in a town hall in Texas, and he does over 50 of those a year, yeah. or if he was meeting with a bunch of CEOs, he would go through, and this has been true throughout the last couple of years, um, even with the CEOs, he's sitting there and he's going through, these are my ideas, these are my thoughts on tax reform, this is what we're planning on doing, what are your thoughts? And he would usually pass around this form, this little form also, this postcard. He said, inevitably, that was the very first thing they honed in on. These are CEOs that will never be able to use the postcard. No, no. They use it for a bookmarker. Right. And, um, <laughs> but they honed in on that as, this is amazing. If you can do this, this is worth everything. Right. So do you think once we're done with tax reform, we'll end on this kind of questioning. Do you think this is it? No. Is there stuff next year that might be four eighteen, or do you think it's after the cycle? Do you think there's more in the mix? Is there an appetite for this to do more tweaking, or is just pretty much? Well, every tax bill will need has to have tax uh, technical corrections. Okay. You know, little things, little quirks that they got wrong, or there maybe there were drafting errors. Um, so they'll do a technical corrections at some point. Um, I do know that certainly Ways and Means Chairman Brady intends to return to regular order on on tax issues, Mm -hmm. which means that they will do little tax bills going forward. And I think there will be focus. He intends to focus on, hey, well, let's look how um, the tax code um, works for the financial services industry, for the insurance industry, Mm -hmm. um, for the tax-exempt industry. Mm -hmm. And they're going to go through that and just kind of see, you know, with hearings and see what they can learn. Are there additional tweaks? Absolutely. Can that produce something out of it? Right. And that's exactly what committees should be doing. Do you think from, uh, Brian, from the Senate side, the leadership there, are they kind of glad they're done with this and let's just move on uh, and not have to worry about this issue anymore? And and is Drew right that the next phase is got to work on these reforms uh, around Medicaid, Medicare, Social Security because we've done taxes. Now we'll go to this big one or are they going to shift to something else? What do you think happens? Because tax was the big play. I think they're going to shift to whatever they think they can accomplish. And, um, you know, the the stars were well aligned for tax reform. Mm-hmm. And um, one of Leader McConnell's um, maxims politically is that, you know, some people come to Washington to make a point. Some people come to make a difference. He came to make a difference. And so I think that having passed tax reform to him is a huge um you know, as, as big a deal as it could be. Well, anytime you get as, money as, out, it's an easy plan. <laughs> yeah, especially given it. the circumstances with with just 52 members and, um, you know, all the other static. You know, another thing he likes to say is that focus is the most important word in the English language. And I think passing this under these circumstances required an incredible amount of focus, given all the other noise in Washington. So I think... You know what? What they turn to next for him will be a kind of combination of, based on a combination of factors, including, you know, how much floor time does it consume, whether it can actually pass is the most important mm-hmm. thing, um, whether the president is going to be, you know, a big um, cheerleader for it. That's always an important part of the puzzle. But you know, there's a, a, a lot of factors here, and, and depending on those factors and how they shake out, I think we'll know what they turn to. But it's it's hard to say at the moment. You know where all those circumstances are going to fall in January. There, there are a number of things they could turn to. I'd always say with the president, if it's going to win, he'll be a cheerleader. It's irrelevant of the policy. Uh, a quick observation. Yeah. And then that's um, the, you get the final comment. Drew. Okay. Um, the Senate passed the tax bill 
almost simultaneously with uh, Mike Flynn, the president's former national security advisor, entering his guilty plea. If the tax bill is branded Trump, Trump's dissent may not have ended in the polls. And and that may have political implications for the Republicans that we can't exactly foresee. I think Trump is in plenty of jeopardy. His lawyers are foundering his front page news today. Um, and I think anything that's Trump branded, I won't say it necessarily becomes radioactive, but it becomes less popular over time simply because of the Trump brand, even if the even if the outcome in policy terms is is as hoped for. Well, there we go. It is the holiday season. I wish you all the best. Thank you, as always, for being part of this. Thank, Thank you. you. Thanks, Senator. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Brownstein Hyatt Farber Shrek podcast series. Visit www.bhfs.com for more information.